Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I'm Jason Abrams, and this is the place where we lift the curtain on the world of real estate like never before. Every week, I sit down with visionaries, pirates, and mavericks. We're here to document, demonstrate, and most importantly, demystify their game-changing models and systems. What secrets propel them to the top, and how are they living their dreams? This is about passion, it's about strategy, but above all, it's about real, tangible success. So buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. Seven million. You heard me right, friends. Seven million. That's how many views, at least at the time of this recording, Ken Pozik has on his YouTube channel. I want you to think about that for a second. That means that seven million plus people have tuned in to Ken's own media station to learn everything you'd ever want to know about Orlando. Not only that, but earlier this year, the mayor of Orlando called him and said, can I be on your channel? If that sounds unbelievable to you, then you are sitting right here next to me. Friends, we are about to learn exactly how he did it. Get ready for Ken Posick. Hey, everybody. I'm joined today by Ken Pozak. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for hanging out in studio. It, you, okay, we should mention that. So we are actually in studio. Ken, where yes. are we? We are in uh, downtown Winter Garden, which is uh, our, where our office is located, our studio, all that good stuff. Crazy. So I get out of my car, and they've piped in Christmas music. Yeah. This is an idyllic setting. Yeah, and you said it was like a fake. I'm like, no, this is like this is how it is around here. People are just nice. That's Orlando for you. <laughs> but but it didn't start for you in Orlando. Where no, did your journey begin? Uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, got into real estate at 18. At 18? Yeah. Why? It seemed like a quick path to good money. And uh, fooled you. Yeah, fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> It was a rough go for a little while, but uh, my parents had actually, uh, Carlton Sheets is like this no money down kind of guy. And so uh, he, they gave me all these VHS tapes that they had never really watched. And it was kind of like, these could be something you could get into. So it was like how to buy a house, no money down, uh, options and like all this kind of stuff. So I'm binging these at 16 years old, thinking like, this is going to be my way out of Detroit. <laughs> and and uh, man, so my I was 18 years old, I bought my first house. And so I didn't get into sales right away, but I was uh, flipping. And then to have some income, I was being, I was an appraiser. So I got licensed as an appraiser. And I did that all the way up until 07 when the market got destroyed. That's interesting. So the market changes and I'm guessing the flipping models didn't work as well as they had. Yeah. Well, you know, I was 18 with no credit and it was like stated income, stated asset. And so I was like, how much do I need to say that I make to get that house? Cool. And that's what my mortgage person would put down. Right. Funny enough, that wasn't a good model for, for our country. And so things changed. And so literally overnight it went from, uh, not only can I not flip houses, but the license that I had all of a sudden, because of all the new regulations, I couldn't become an appraiser anymore because I needed the, I need to have a college degree, which I don't have. And I need to have a certain amount of uh, hours and which I didn't have. And so they're like, okay, so you can't be an appraiser anymore because your license doesn't count for our mortgages. And so I looked at my wife, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to keep trying stuff until I figure it out. And um, I was like, I have this real estate license. Maybe I should give it a go. Wow. So what, and what does that look like? Um, so when I first started off, I mean, so 
at this time I'm like 23. And so I just started cold calling banks because I was buying foreclosures and I was going through like Chase and Wells Fargo and the names you kept seeing on all the disclosures all the time. And I'm like, well, these guys have assets that they own. I wonder if they need a real estate agent. So I would literally cold call. I went to Google and I would type in asset managers, Wells Fargo, asset managers, Chase, asset managers, Bank of America, WAMU, all of these different ones. And I just started figuring out, hey, you guys don't know me, but I would love to list your foreclosures. And they would send me over to the department and I just figured it out. And so uh, year two in the business, I sold like 114 houses, wow. uh, all listing side, all REO. So you think you got the whole world figured out? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, REO dried up. <laughs> the world gets better and that becomes a terrible day. Exactly, yeah. The world gets, <laughs> that's exactly right, yeah. And so uh, I had to figure out farming and cold calling uh, expires and for sale by owners, all the stuff that we, we know about how to do. Now, um, I, I didn't know at the time. And so um, in 2016, fast forward, I had built up a team where it was mostly farming-based, sphere-based, um, and we did about 39 million and 115 sides. And, and what do you learn during that? I mean, we, we, you know, we go through these phases in life and business and we take the lessons with us as we go. So when you think back on that period, what did you learn? I think it was everything in this business is figure outable. And I actually obsess about that. Like, you know, I know we'll talk about content creation in a little bit, but like, to me, that's part of the game that I just love figuring out what actually is going to work, understanding that this might not last forever. And so that I might have to reinvent myself again. And that's okay. Interesting. Okay. So now you're doing your thing, you're farming, you're crushing it. Yeah. And so we came down to Orlando from Detroit and we said, wouldn't it be great to get out of the cold, which is like, as you know, like seven months out of the year was gloomy. When you say you came down, you're, you're on holiday. Yeah. On holiday. My wife was January of 2016. My wife and I were like, let's go just on, just you and I go to Florida. We went to Naples for a couple of days and we came up to Orlando and we're like, Hey, we should buy a second place here. This would be cool to like maybe Airbnb it out while we're not here. So we put a deposit down and then we go back to the hotel. And my wife was like, why, why don't we live here? And I was like, ah, well, cause we got a business in Detroit and things are going well. And, and she's like, but we've always said we want to retire in Florida. And at the time, I don't know if you remember Chris Knight, um, up in Michigan, Sure, he passed away in his thirties, had a great business. And like that kind of happened roughly at the same time. And I remember thinking, you know, life isn't promised to any of us. Why don't we just give it a go? So we went back to the new construction person and we said, Hey, I know we just put a deposit down on this house. We want to renege and we actually want to go on a, a bigger house. So instead of like a small townhouse that, you know, we would just use for holiday, we want to actually build a big house and uh, we're going to give ourselves eight months to figure out how we're going to make this transition because our house is going to be ready. Uh, so we went back and, and figured out how to transition down. That's so crazy. So you're walking away from a business that's up and running and making money. So yeah. in that moment, you have a choice. It's come to the new place and continue to market to that database or build a new database. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so at the time people were talking about expansion and I was like, oh, I'll reverse expand. So I'll have Detroit as my expansion team in Orlando. And it got to be to a place where I hadn't built a great infrastructure in Detroit of good, you know, had a couple of good people that were working with me, but there was no real systems or real leadership or it was a couple of buyers, agents and an assistant. And so very quickly it fell apart. And I was at dinner one night and I told my wife, I'm like, I have to either kind of cut bait in Detroit and go all in on Orlando or we got to move home. And she's like, well, I'm not moving back to Detroit. So, <laughs> so let's figure it out. <laughs> so she weighs in. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, it's back to just everything we could do here to keep business going. So it was open houses on the weekends, all the stuff that I knew that worked. Um, but about a year in, I, I was like, I, I kind of hate this. I hate the door knocking. I hate the first sale by owners. I hate the rejection of cold calls. It just wasn't me. And a friend of mine in Jacksonville reached out and he's like, you, 
you should consider, there's so much new construction in Orlando, you should consider doing a YouTube channel and um, just take your cell phone, go tour builder models, throw it up on YouTube. It'll suck, but you'll get leads. Like he's like, I've been doing this now for the past year and, and it works. And so I was like, I could do that. So in the morning I would prospect in the afternoon, I'd go build, visit builder model tours, go on appointments. And then after my kids went to bed, I'm editing on my computer, putting together YouTube videos. Did you know how to edit and do all this? Not at all. It was like me in a uh, iMovie, like the free version that you get with your computer. And I'm like trying to figure out, it was, they're still up. Like you can check them out on the channel. They're really bad. But, but like, you know, six or seven months in, people started calling and it was like, okay, wait, this, this is cool. They're calling me. And not only are they calling me, but they're bought into who I am. They're like this, we want to work with you. You're knowledgeable. We're not talking to any other agents. It wasn't like, Hey, we called on the Zillow listing and we're talking to 10 other agents and prove your worth. And will you give me a kickback? And all of these things like that just didn't exist with those sort of leads. And I, I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. Well, so it's fascinating to me. You start getting these calls, but you also said yada, 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 seven months later. <laughs> yeah. Take me into the seven months where you're making the videos, but you're not getting the calls. What did that feel like? Yeah, I did. Um, I did a hundred videos in a hundred days and, and it was really more so not that there's anything in that, but I just figured out if I'm going to fail forward, let me just do this as fast as possible. So instead of putting out a hundred videos over two or three years, let me just do it like one a day. And what am I going to learn in that process? And so it was how to edit faster, how to, you know, what, you know, how to keep attention spans and that sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of like really slow and then sudden. It was one one lead a month and then one lead a week. And then all of a sudden, you know, really at the peak of last year, we were getting three to 400 leads a month just from YouTube. It's such a giant leap. And we're going to actually go and, and look at the system to do it. Yeah. But when you're starting out and you're making these videos, are you getting like 10, 10 views, 30 views? Half of them were my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cute video. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I we Yeah, it, was, it wasn't any early hits to where I was like, this is going to crush. But one video I did, it was uh, the top 10 things you didn't know about Celebration Florida, which is, it's a very highly searched uh, city that Disney created. And I'm like, I think people would enjoy that. And I know a lot about the city now. So let me do a video on it. And that was very different than the builder model tours that I was doing, where it was just very much so here's the house, here's the neighborhood. It was a kind of a, an SEO play where I was like, I know if people are moving to the area and they want an Ashton Woods Duvall model, and they type that into Google, that I'll show up. And it was a very like, the amount of people actually looking for that is like 10, 20 people, right? It's like not a lot of people. So I was like, what if I can broaden this up again? And so that was actually like the, like, aha, if I can create a video that's niche enough to where I can dominate the search, but broad enough to where I can reach enough people. Um, that video, I think got 140,000 views and it still gets leads today. Oh my gosh. So in that moment, like I, I can only imagine this, like you're an internet company and you're not making any sales. And then all of a sudden it's like, ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. Yeah, exactly. Is that what it felt <laughs> that's like? exactly what it felt like. Yeah. It's so crazy. So now you have a whole new type of video you're making. That's right. So then do you start waking up every day asking what are the videos I can make that people want to watch? Yeah, it was, um, is how can it, so it's, an, it's still an SEO play because YouTube's owned by Google. And so I'm like, okay, if I create videos that I know people are searching for, I had no subscribers at the time or a few hundred kind of subscribers. And so if I could dominate the search for those. And so I, I woke up and I said, okay, I'm not going to do a video a day because the quality is kind of garbage. Let me go to a video a week and make it a better video. And so every Tuesday became my cadence that we put out a new video. So that, you know, kind of continued to get better and better over time and like knowing, understanding what thumbnails, need, like clickability on thumbnails, how I can create a better title so that it shows up in search. And so just kind of little fine tweak, tweak, tweaks every week, if you will. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. If you were going back in time, yep. would you build it now the same way you built it then? Yes or no? I would get rid of the builder tours and, and start right where it was like, let me hit the value for as many people as possible. Okay, perfect. Then I want you to imagine that you're sitting out there in the real estate multiverse yeah. and you're listening to this and your mission at the end of the next discussion here is to mm -hmm. go build a YouTube presence. Yep. What's the first thing we need to do? I think you need to figure out who your avatar is. So who are you creating videos for? So if you want to be the next Graham Stephan or Christina Smallhorn, where they're dominating all of real estate, that's a very, very different avatar than somebody that's trying to dominate Orlando. So, and then, okay, if you want to dominate Orlando, that's great. Are you looking for people moving to the area or people that already live here? Because that's a different video and figuring out who, who's your perfect avatar that you want to create content for that is going to become a super fan. And is there any tricks or any focusing questions to figure that out? Or am I just kind of putting my thumb in the air, checking which way the wind is blowing and seeing where my passion is? I, I think, yeah, pa passion, I think is a big part of it, but I think really it's what kind of business do you want to have? You know, do you want to have more buyers? Do you want to have more listings? You can create content for that. Um, if you want to be, you know, listing tour focused and get more listings like that, then you're listing focused. And so I think it's just getting really clear on who your ideal client is. Like we live in Orlando, Dis Disney is in our backyard. So creating content for Disney lovers, like not everybody in Orlando loves Disney, believe it or not, but the people that I gel with, because I mentioned Disney and we talk about my family being there, they're already bought in. They feel like they're part of our family before they even call. It's because we figure out who our avatar is. I can't imagine how aggravating it would be to live here and not want to be in Disney. Like, <laughs> you should live somewhere. I'm just to all my friends in Orlando. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you should you should move. You if should you're move. Not in Disney. Yeah, Tampa's like right down it's, the street. It's gonna be perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Step one: figure out my avatar. What's step two? Uh, so figuring out the the cadence of your videos. So I think it's you know intro understanding like becoming a student of YouTube for me is a really important piece of this because if you want to create cute videos and you just want to put them out there without understanding how and why they work, you won't be getting leads and you won't understand why. And so for me, it was going back early on. It was like, hey, this is Ken Posick with Keller Williams. And uh, I'm here in Celebration, Florida. If you need anything, I would, it would make it all about me and then eventually get to stuff. And YouTube's great because it'll actually show you uh, your analytics and show you your, your retention. When do people drop off watching this video? And I would notice that 30 seconds in, I would have this huge drop off. And I'm like, oh, because I'm creating a video about me, not about them. So I switched that and all of a sudden it was like, hey, today you're gonna learn about four things, the reasons why you might wanna live on the west side of Orlando versus the east side, let's dive into it. And I number one, right? I didn't even say my name until the end of the video. And those videos did really, really well. All of a sudden my retention went up and YouTube loves retention. If people are watching your videos, they're gonna promote more of your videos. Uh, so just understanding that stuff and becoming a student is a, is a really big piece of it. Perfect. So to me, this idea of what I'm going to put in my video sounds almost like a step three or four. Step two is determine my cadence. What is a cadence? What do you mean by how, that? How often are you going to put out videos? And so for me, I think it's at least once a week um, because you are rewarded by watch time. And so for me, like one video a month just isn't enough to move the needle if you want to have YouTube as an actual pillar of your business. Okay. So if you're coaching me and I'm new to this, mm. uh, one video a week. One video a week forever. Perfect. Okay, so step three then, it sounds like, what do I, what is it? Is it what do I put in the video? Yeah, what do you put in the video, yeah. All right, so what do I put in it? Yes, <laughs> so I think it's how you set up the video and then making sure that, uh, that you're shooting content for people that are in your avatar. And so beyond that, it's step number four would be your th understanding thumbnails and titles because you can create the most amazing video ever, but if nobody clicks on it to watch the video, nobody's gonna see it, right? And so slowing down to understand just the, um, the psychology of even a thumbnail is actually 
fascinating. There's been studies done where it'll show that thumbnails that show the whites of your eyes get more clicks than if you are a little bit more removed from the thumbnail, like if you're standing in the background. So if you'll notice, like Mr. Beast is, he's notorious for this. Almost every thumbnail, it's his face. He's like got this shocked look and they white out his eyes really, really bright. And so I'm like, all right, well, if he does it, I should do it, right? So um, understanding that sort of thing, um, not putting too many words on your thumbnails to make sure that uh, people can read it. Most people are mobile friendly. And so if you've got this little tiny thumbnail on your phone and they can't read the words, it just looks like mess and they'll scroll past it. Uh, so understanding how thumbnails work is important. In that could be step four, step five, the titles. So the titles are what Google is searching to figure out what your video is about. And so, you know, it's also very, very smart. Like if you do a video about moving to Orlando, you can do the top top five risks about moving to Orlando, right? That's an easy one that is going to be a searchable kind of, kind of content. Some people will put a listing video and it's one, two, three Main Street. And you're like, okay, how many people are actually searching for one, two, three Main Street? None. None. And so it's not going to get found and then you'll get no views and that sort of thing. So understanding how the titles work and how it relates to SEO is a big deal. Well, so how, how do you do that? Like, I, like you naturally wake up in the morning and just at this point, you're just coming up with things that you think might want to be a good video. And if I'm not that creative, how should I do it? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of great tools out there. I like uh, TubeBuddy and Morning Fame are my two favorite. Okay, TubeBuddy, what yeah, is that? Like YouTube, but TubeBuddy. Uh, it, it's basically a plugin that goes on the back of your YouTube that'll say, based on other videos that you've done, here's the keywords that are performing really well. And then you can look at the list and say, oh, great, I should go create more videos that have these keywords in it, right? That's that's a good good place to start. All right, what's the, you said TubeBuddy and one other one. Yeah, Morning Fame. So it's morningfa.me, Morning Fame. What does that do? It kind of goes and shows you who your competition is. And so if you're trying to create content about moving to Austin and you, all of a sudden you have, you plug in your, your YouTube channel and say, hey, these are the 10 keywords that I want to rank for. What's my competition doing? Now, you don't want to just copy people, but you do want to understand what the algorithm likes. So going back through and saying, okay, I'm going to create videos that are similar like that, but my, maybe I'd spend a little bit more time on the thumbnail. Maybe my B-roll in the video is a little bit better. Maybe my hook is a little bit better. Like you're just trying to improve on what they're already doing. So I was looking at your YouTube channel last night, yeah. which just for people that want to go check it out, what, how do they get there? It's at Ken Posick. Perfect. Creative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I'm like, I, and in my mind, I was thinking, why wouldn't I just go copy all of the titles of your most popular videos and put in the name of my market? Yeah, you definitely should. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to see if you had like a reason I shouldn't. No, not at all. It's, that's exactly how it works. I mean, a lot of times it's just like, you know, you have some authority. Like, so for me coming into Orlando and trying to do that, I already, my channel already has authority for Google. So you're not going to knock me out of that position. Um, but if you did that and, and put it in Austin or Dallas or Sacramento, it would totally work. Okay. So I figured out my avatar. Mm -hmm. I, I decided my cadence. I understand what I'm going to put in my video. I figured out my thumbnails. I figured out my title. Mm -hmm. What's next? I think it's understanding the funnel. So where are you sending these people? Is there a lead magnet that you're sending them to? Is it a website? Uh, when I first started off, I had a website, a domain called New Home Insiders. And so it was like, hey, ooh, yeah, it was very fancy. It cost me $9. It was great. Um, <laughs> uh, but I had a lead magnet there. It was like, hey, here's the top 10 things you need to know when you're buying new construction. Go download it. And so they have to give me their name, number, and phone number or name, email, and phone number in order to get this download. For us now, what we do is say, we hey, go over to uh, Google and type in Posit Group, check out our reviews. If you think that you know we're for you, reach out. And that's pretty much been it. Um, we also have like an email set up that's only for YouTube. So info at posetgroup.com is where I send all my YouTube leads. So I know that the leads are working. 
this really blew me away because if, if, if you would have asked me, how do you do it? I would have created this really complicated long funnel. <laughs> then I'm watching your videos last night and first of all, they were fun to watch. They were quick moving. And at the end of it, it's like, hey, if you want to talk to me about local real estate, email me here. Yeah, it's pretty soft sell. <laughs> but I couldn't believe that's your actual funnel. Yeah. Like I don't have to go spend any money. I don't have to set up something crazy. I'm just going to give my email address. And if I provided enough value and likability in the video, they're just going to email you. Yeah. So what do these emails that you receive look like? What do they say? Most of the time it's, you know, I've been following Ken on YouTube for the past year or two. Um, we're moving to this specific area. We'd love to set up a time to talk. And when you reply to those sort of leads, mm -hmm. as opposed to other lead sources that you had tried earlier in your career, mm -hmm. what's the aha? Again, they're, they're bought in. They're way more bought in than, than anybody else. They're typically not talking to 10 other agents. It's, it's usually me or in case, sometimes it'll be, uh, this is a little bit annoying. I'll go into a coffee shop and they're like, we love your YouTube channel. You were, you were here because of your videos. I get that all the time. I'm like, well, did you use my team? No, because my cousin has a, has a real estate license. <laughs> and I'm like, dang it. I said, well, if you're ever going to sell and he's out of real estate, make sure you call, right? But for the most part, they're not talking to other agents. So it's a really very warm lead. That's fantastic. But don't you, don't you have the challenge where they're like, hey, because it's your, you're in the videos. Yeah. But you also run a large team full of amazingly talented real estate agents. That's right. So don't you have the challenge where someone will say, I've been watching Ken for two years. Have Ken call me? Yeah. So maybe two years ago, I, I changed up my vernacular in the videos, which was like, before it was all about, you know, Ken, I do this, I do this. Here's what I do for my clients. And I just started throwing in my team. My team and I want to be your real estate resource of choice. I got to get that trademarked remind me. So, uh, and it changed to just like all about my team. And I started introducing some of my team members and saying like, you know, Bree lives in Mount Dora. If you're looking for moving in the Lake County area, you need to call Bree and I, but reach out at info at posicgroup.com. So I can still control the lead. If Bree ever decides to leave the team, the leads are still coming into the team. And so, but just talking about the team a lot, now the leads come over a little bit different where it's, Ken might be too busy, but if you could let me know who on his team I should work with, that would be amazing. And that's been like a huge aha. I love that. Okay, so I figured out my funnel. Yeah. That feels like the last step. Yeah, I mean, so some people though, they'll reach out four or five years in advance. Like we're, we're retiring when we hit 55, I'm 50. Um, I just wanted to reach out now and start the process. I'm like, okay, so, so Chase and I created this newsletter. We put it out twice a week and it's like all things going on in real estate, uh, in, or real estate theme parks and living in Orlando. We call it the Orlando Real. And so it's how I can keep dripping on people with good content about the area, whether they're looking to buy or sell now or, or five to 10 years in the future. I love that. Walk me through, I wanna go through the nuts and bolts of actually creating these videos. Mm -hmm. So if I'm out there, I've never made one before, how long should it be? So there's talks out there that YouTube likes. And so it's like trying to say SEO and understanding it specifically every single time. It's kind of like a Nobody knows exactly how it works, but just based, based on what I, I know, eight minute long videos are really a good target to hit because then YouTube can start adding mid-roll ads to your videos. And again, they're an advertising platform. So the more ads they can sell, the better. So I think an eight minute video is pretty good. Now, many people might be listening or you know, they might say, well, I always taught that shorter video is the better. Well, you have to think about the platform that we're on. YouTube's there because people want to be entertained or educated. They're not there for quick swipes typically. And so they're willing to sit down. Like I'm later after we're done here, I'm going to set back up in the studio and we're going to do a 45 minute live. And I will have hundreds of people show up to listen live and listen to me for 45 minutes straight. That's a very, very different thing than like a TikTok where it's 15 to 20 seconds. 
I love that. Remember, we're giving you the YouTube model. We're going to talk about all the other things in a minute. Sure. So I got this eight-minute video. Is there a model for the actual video itself? You said something a minute ago. You said, I start by telling them what I'm going to tell them. Yeah. So the hook is typically like, you won't believe, you know, I'm going to tell you three reasons why you don't want to live in Orlando. Number three is crazy. You want to stay to the end to listen to this, right? So it's some kind of hook to try to get them to watch the whole video. Um, and then I typically get into either a call to action or point number one. Um, I don't script any of my videos. I know a lot of people do. They'll have a teleprompter and read off of it. It's just what your comfort level. But for me, I've got on, on my notes app, like we did a video earlier, it's intro, four to five bullets, outro. Like that's, that's pretty much it. Right. So I can glance on at my phone and say, okay, what was the intro that we want to talk about? What are the four or five bullet points? And what are the, what's the outro? Walk me through rules for intro and outro. Um, so your outro is going to be your call to action, making sure that people are also subscribing and liking. So I'll try to change it up in the different videos. So sometimes it's, you know, Hey, if you have, if you made it all the way to the end and you haven't subscribed yet, that's crazy. make sure you hit the subscribe button and we'll see you guys on the next video. Or it's the, then that's when I'm doing my call to action many times is like, Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell, if you want to, if you want to live in this area or you already do, and you're looking to sell a house, I'd love to be your real estate resource of choice. Here's how you can reach me. And so that's the outro. Got it. Okay. So remember you're coaching me and I'm just starting this. Sure. I've now built out my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I'm dropping this content once a week. Yep. I do that now forever. Forever, yeah. There's not a place where you like have this asset that it just lead, you know, brings in leads forever. It's something you have to continually feed. Cool. How long should I do that before I add in? And should I add in the newsletter next? What do I add in next? So I'm making the video. Yep. I'm doing it once a week. I'm now how long into it or what indicators am I looking for? And then what do I add? So I think it's, it is like views and subscribers, but leads is like the number one metric for me. I don't really care about too much else other than is my YouTube channel throwing off leads. And you'll start to understand, like you know, you'll start noticing people at your coffee shop or at your restaurants and be like, oh my God, I love your channel. I watch your stuff all the time. Like those are like lead indicators where you know that at least they're in your ecosystem and that when the time comes, they're going to use you. Um, so those are like some of the early indicators, but really it comes down to leads. Like if you start picking up leads consistently, then you know you're onto something. Okay. I'm going to force you to give me a number though. Like give me any, like, cause, cause here's the thing, man, I'm going to be making these videos. I'm going to think they're terrible yeah. just because I'm a human and that's sure. what our brains do. Yep. They might be great. When, when do you feel good saying, okay, this thing is kind of working. I'm going to add in the next step. Is it I'm getting eight to 10 leads a month? I'm getting 20 a month? Yeah, getting... I, think, I think it's like, you know, three to five leads a week. And then you start adding out something else. Because at, at, at some certain point, you're going to look up and you're like, I've got a few hundred leads and I can't follow up with these people on a one-to-one -one basis anymore. It's just not possible. And so you're trying to figure out what's actually a lead versus somebody that's just interested in maybe one day doing something. And so defining what your lead is. But for me, once you're consistently getting that three to five a week, then you need to look at doing something else. So for me, I was looking at, how many like apple pie recipes do you get from realtors, right? And so we have our sphere program and I'm like, well, we can, ha we can have our lead program. That's also our sphere program. So if you put together this newsletter, I'm sending them my video, which is all about Orlando and then having articles about Orlando and new restaurants opening up and all these other kind of things. My database will find that interesting. And so will all of these leads. So I think it solves your 36 touch program. Like, I mean, we send out two a week. So 104 newsletters uh, a year. And so we have way more than the 36 touch. And so I think everybody should start it probably earlier in their journey. And you would tell me to focus on one of these platforms 
until I'm seeing some success. And then yeah. at that point, do I, do I branch out to the tickety talk and MySpace? <laughs> For sure. MySpace. There's a lot of traffic going over there now, but no, I think, I think you, you want to own YouTube, like become a student of it. Like I didn't even go into the Instagram stuff until five or six years into content creation. And now we're growing more thousand followers a, a week on Instagram and we're getting a lot of newsletter signups and now a lot of leads. Um, but it, I wanted to figure out YouTube first and before you start getting too pulled in different directions. How can people follow you on Instagram? Uh, at Ken Posick there as well. Very, very interesting. I know. This is going to catch <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about shorts. I got, if I'm on YouTube, I got long form mm -hmm. and I have shorts. Yeah, and, and then also podcasts, which are the live versions you can do now. Okay, so how do I think about this if I'm ordering of events? Yeah, so I think like we throw our the same stuff we put on Instagram over on our YouTube channel in terms of shorts. Um, and they perform well and I get a, a decent amount of views and subscribers, but that's a very, many times a very different kind of consumer that's like looking for the quick hit stuff versus someone that's going really, really deep into it. So I would start long form first. And then when, after you're done long form, like meaning that eight to 10 minute video, then go even longer. Then, then once you have like a thousand subscribers, go live once or twice a month, because I think that that stuff, it's evergreen content. And what you can really turn it into, like what I'm doing tonight is I came up with five or six stories that are in the news that have to do with Florida or Orlando. And I just literally go live and, and it's kind of like a podcast setup. I love that. Okay, so I got this thing humming mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think about my org chart. So yeah. everyone listening to this lives for leverage. We know yeah, how it goes. Sure. But there's some fear though, because number one, if I don't know how to edit, yeah. I don't know how to make these videos. I don't know how to make a thumbnail. I don't know how to make it all look cool. Mm -hmm. Does that mean I have to instantly go out and start making hires? How would you do it if I was just starting? So I think you got to lead with revenue in anything, but if you already have a business that's humming, like I moved here not having any revenue. So it had to be me. I had to figure all this stuff out, right? Um, so it was me editing and then I hired an editor first and then I hired a videographer who was also an editor and then now we've got somebody on staff. And so, and those, the first two hires were contract workers. So somebody lived in Nebraska was my editor. And then the videographer was like, you know, doing business for architects and designers. And then me every once in a while. And then now I've got somebody on staff. And that, when, when you hired those contractors, was that part-time? Was that super part-time? Yeah. It was just one, one video a week. So it was me and as one of their 10 other clients. Got it. And you're, are you shooting these things when you first start? Are you, should I do it on my cell phone? Do I go buy a camera? Do I need to have a great microphone? Do I need makeup and hair, Ken? Definitely. You need makeup and hair for sure. Fair. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I think like anybody can start on their cell phone horizontal. I mean, it shoots amazing. And honestly, you probably know how to use your cell phone a lot better than you would ever figure out a camera. Like I, I geek out around cameras, but most people like there's a lot to it, like an actual DSLR with actual nice lens and understanding how it all works. I was just saying about the DSLRs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought you worked. But, uh, but yeah, it gets to be like, it gets a lot. So shoot on your cell phone. You can go buy a DJI Osmo, which is just like a gimbal that makes it not bounce around and look all crazy. Let's just pretend that some of the audience doesn't know what a gimbal is. Yeah. It's just a place your cell phone can sit into and make it look a little bit more smooth and cinematic. So when you're walking, it does, you can't tell that you're, you know, the camera's not bouncing up and down uh, and those kind of things makes it real smooth. Got it. A gimbal sounds like a must. It does. And it's like, you know, a hundred bucks or 200 bucks at the most. So let me ask you this. You have this giant team. Yeah. You guys are going to do over 250 million in volume or something crazy like this. Yeah. The people that are attracted to your team, yep. I'm assuming they like the idea of social media. 
So does everybody show up on day one and they're like, I want to be a social media star too. <laughs> and the next thing you know, everyone's running around here making videos and it's crazy land? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we've got a very mixed crowd. I, and I'm, these people, many of them found me on YouTube or Instagram. And then when I put out a story that says, hey, we're hiring, we we have dozens of people that will reach out and say like, hey, I saw your hiring. Can we Can we talk? Um, so they'll have known our content and know about our content, but that doesn't ultimately mean that they want to do content, especially when they see how much goes into it. They want the leads. And so for them, it's just like, show me how I can make money. And, and that's what I want to do. So that's interesting to me. So you'll end up with more resumes, give or take. That's not the right word for it, but you'll have more agents that raise their hand and say, I want to join your team. Then you'll have spaces available on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so how do you decide? What's your interview process look like? So we're, again, going back to an, I have an avatar for every everybody now. And so for our agent, like our perfect agent was that somebody who tried it on their own, but then maybe failed or was on a team, decided to leave and try it on their own and then failed so that they understand the value of a team, but maybe they don't want to go back to their last one. Um, so having some sort of experience, so I'm not having to teach MLS and the contracts and that kind of thing. Um, and they'll, they'll be more appreciative of it when they have leads coming in, they have leadership and they have coaching calls and that sort of thing. Um, that's who I'm looking for. It's fantastic. So I'm, I'm thinking about all of this. Why wouldn't I go do it? Like if I'm a mega agent, I'm sitting out there in millionaire real estate agent land yeah. and I want to add more leads into my business. Why wouldn't I do this? Yeah, I think there's maybe a couple things. Like if you didn't want to be on camera forever, that's one. If you, you know, you're building a brand. So I know there's plenty of people that would rather just go do pay-per-click and Zillow and call it a day. You know, like I don't, I don't ever see myself seventh leveling out of YouTube. Like I'm going to do this, but I also love it. And like, for me, it's created so many more opportunities. Like, I mean, we've interviewed the mayor, we've interviewed like multiple billionaires this year that live in town that all found us from our content. And it's, it's wild. Dude, I think that is so crazy that the mayor of yeah. Orlando. It's not like a little town. No, yeah, like yeah. the mayor call you yeah, yeah. and they're like, Hey, would you mind interviewing us on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Like exactly. My head explodes all over this bright orange chair <laughs> only in Orlando. Yeah, that's right. When you say that to me. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, like I, we were, I remember we were going up to interview him in the elevator and some other staff member was like, Hey, you're Ken Posick from YouTube. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm interviewing the mayor. And they're like, Oh, it's about time. And I'm like, that's Wild. That is so crazy. So you're you're running a real estate team, yeah. but dude, you're actually running a media company. Yeah, we we often say that we're a media company that happens to sell real estate. But that's so good, Ken. Uh, we would like to invite you to join us in the lightning round. Okay, let's do now, it. As you know, because you're a fan of the show, we yep. appreciate it. The lightning round is where we ask you a series of questions in fast succession, and we want the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, what's Mr. Beast really like? I bet he's pretty humble. What do you mean you bet? You don't all hang out? You no, YouTube I don't. Stars? No, it's You're so weird. kidding. You don't know him? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Talk about a backfire. So <laughs> but I have, I had actually hired his, one of his coaches, uh, his real YouTube coaches to coach me on, on YouTube. This is going to, my 10 year old asked me to specifically ask you what he's really like. <laughs> and you're telling me you don't know I'm him. I'm so sorry, And now man. my hopes and dreams so are crushed. Sorry. I guess we'll just go to the old, what's your favorite color? Uh, green. It's a good one. Yeah. Color of my eyes, color of money. Favorite movie? Goodwill Hunting. Stop the tape. Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah. Do you identify with that character? I mean, maybe a little bit. How do you like those apples? Yeah. His favorite song? Oh, man. Uh, Fall Out Boy, Centuries. It's my running song. I love that. Is there a sound that you love? Silence. It's a good one. What is your favorite ride at Disney currently? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy at Epcot, for sure. 
Stop the lightning round. Dude, that ride. <laughs> so so those of you listening, Ken took me on this thing. It spins you around like crazy while shooting you backwards through a dark room. Yeah, it's the best ride. It's like, an, it's wild. If you are into vomiting, friends, this is the best <laughs> ride. Like this, this- You did look a little green when you got on. It does elicit complete bottle functions that you're not in control of. Ken, what's yeah. your favorite food? Chipotle. What? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what what podcast other than this one yeah. uh, are you listening to? What do you want in your head? Who's the voice in your head? Uh, my First Million. Oh, tell us more. Uh, I mean, so Sam Parr and Sean Party there, they both had exits from different companies. And I think that they think very differently than just like real estate agents typically do. And so they talk about scaling and they talk about marketing. It's like a very broad based podcast. Is there a book that, it doesn't have to be a new book, but is there a book that you think everyone listening should read that had an impact on your life? The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. As you know, Ryan's a friend of the program. Yeah. And we've hung out plenty of times. That The fact that that gentleman found a way to take things that were written thousands of years ago and make them cool again today, unbelievable. No, it's incredible. I mean, it, makes, it's, it seems just as applicable today as it was 2000 years ago. It's wild. That's awesome. Ken, what you're doing in the real estate industry is not only inspiring, but here's what I believe. I believe that as the world gets closer together due to the connectivity caused by social media, that people form relationships with the folks that are entertaining them before mm. they ever know them in person. I agree. You're on the bleeding edge of it, and you've absolutely convinced me. Thank you. Ken, thanks for everything you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having me. There it is. It's another one in the can. Friends, I, I, I'm hoping that you finish that episode with an amazing amount of hope. I know I do. And you say, but Jason, this wasn't, of all the ones you've done, the most motivating show. It, it was to me. I'll tell you why. Here's a young man from the great state of Michigan who moves to Florida, which, by the way, we have so many real estate agents that relocate to different states, looks up and needs to find something unique to him. Here's what I know. Ken would be crushing YouTube no matter what he was selling. This dude could be selling tires and you tune in to watch him do it on social media. And that's what I learned from Ken. Yes, the model on exactly how you do it, you can't go wrong with that. And you're gonna make the videos on a weekly basis. You're gonna put them, you're gonna use your email address to drive leads. You're going to give people the news they want about Orlando. In fact, people are gonna feel like they're locals before they ever visit. I understand it, but here's what I really understand. The reason that Ken wakes up every day and can't wait to go to work is because Ken loves making these videos for social media. You know, right now in the industry, people are saying to me, Jason, how do I fight burnout? Here's the deal. Burnout only happens when you do something you don't enjoy for an extended period of time. You know why Ken Posick's never going to burn out, friends? The same reason why many millionaire real estate agents don't burn out, because they found their unique voice to the world and they wake up every day and they can't wait to sing it. And that's what he's doing on YouTube. Ken is an inspiration to an industry awash with trying to find their mission. Friends, he found his. He runs a media company that happens to sell residential real estate. Go find your unique song and sing it to the world. That was Ken Posick. There it is. That wraps another episode. Friends, I don't know what you're taking out of this. I really don't. I'll tell you what I want you to be taking out of it, which is these are the people that are having tremendously big lives. And the reason it's happening is because they're setting up the models and systems to do just that. Gary Keller told me that leadership is teaching people how to think so that they do the things they need to do when they need to do them, so that ultimately they get the things they want when they want to have them. And that's what I want for you. You're all leaders, but it begins with leading ourselves. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, I want you to click the subscribe button anywhere that you get your podcasts. We want to be the voice in your head every single week, and every week we're dropping new content. We also send out a newsletter at the conclusion of every show to make sure that you get the highest points and the models and systems that were discussed. So if you want to sign up, I need your name and your email address. Head over to the millionaireagentpodcast.com. Millionaireagentpodcast.com. Enter your name and your email address, and every week that newsletter will be in your box. Friends, you just went on a journey. I hope that what happens between now and the next time we meet is absolutely wonderful for you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 